to unscripted startups. I felt the need to share the highlights of 2019 and our episodes. So this will be a recap of season one. Shortly, we will start releasing episodes for season two. Take a listen to these and I will put down in the show notes which episode it's from. My biggest tip is to get involved with the customer. So even though I'm the co-founder to the company, I talk to almost all of the heads of our schools or the people that are involved in signing up and in creating the product now. I mean, I don't think that I'll be able to talk to them forever as we scale, right? But I think that it's really important, especially in the early stages, to just talk to your customers. That's how you know what is needed. After every single dance, we do a debrief with all of our administrators who ran that dance. And we say what worked and what didn't work and what could we add to our tool. And that has provided so much valuable insight to us. And then just coming from a place of being treated the way that you want to be treated. We recently got an email from a parent that was just elated about the customer service experience she had had with us. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, you should be having this customer service experience with everyone. You should, you know, leave the conversation feeling, even though we weren't entirely able to solve your problem, we did, we were able to explain to you, you know, why we couldn't solve the problem, do whatever we could to make it better, to mitigate anything that went wrong. Um, So just going above and beyond, especially in the early stages of a startup, I think is going to pay off for us tenfold. We have really great reviews on Capterra, and most of them are around customer support and how incredible our customer support is. And I don't think you find that in every tech company. Some of our competitors, if you look on their website, you wouldn't be able to talk to a person. I think that the value of human connection as we move towards a more technological environment is going to be one of the biggest things that sets the successful companies apart. Yeah, definitely. I feel like some people, even if you can't fix their problem, they just want to be heard. Exactly. Being in this ultra high stress environment all the time, if, if your body can't deal with that, right? Like, for instance, for me, like when I started to really pay attention to Gary Vee, maybe two years ago, two, three years ago, I tried to follow his lifestyle, I tried to be that guy who worked every single time, every single minute, every single hour of the day. And then ultimately, it wasn't me. That's not how I functioned. And I wasn't really the happiest that I could be. Whereas now I've started to find that sort of balance of like working, grinding, getting my grind out of grind up, of course, and doing LinkedIn, LinkedIn consulting and all this stuff while still growing, get your grind up. But at the same time, I'm spending a whole bunch of time with my girlfriend. I'm finding different ways to travel through speaking. And I'm, I'm starting to find these different pieces to match the life that I actually want to live. So what I would say is like, first work, think of as far of ahead as you can. Obviously, it's hard to think any time ahead, whether it's five or 10 years, but think of the lifestyle that you generally want to live and then just work backwards that way. That's the best way to, to do it, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And there is no one size fits all for business or for your career or for life in general. You have to do what what fulfills you and what makes you happy, whether that is running a small business, couple days out of the week and living like the beach money lifestyle. You make $40,000 a year, but you're only putting in 20 or 30 hours into your business or working 100 hours and making much more, but then obviously it's more stress or 
even working a nine to five, some people, like Gary V says, some people are the perfect people to be the number two or number three or number four person in a company, but they're not meant to be the CEO or they're meant to be a partner or a contributor or freelancer. And you just really have to find what fits for you. And you can't let anyone else's stereotypes or their way of doing it, like, force you into a box. 100%, man. 100% agree. It's we overestimate what we can do in one year. We underestimate what we can do in 10. And it's it's incredible when you start to live your life by that. You start to become a little bit more patient. You put a less a lot less pressure on yourself to succeed then and there, but more of trying to hit certain milestones and building that momentum for that 10-year goal instead. And it's it's helped me accomplish some things that I thought would have taken me years within a year because I've just changed my mindset towards it mentor I had who he talked a lot about form versus function form is you know what people see and how you present yourself and function is about what you do and how you get things done and how you work with others balancing those two my life I've been out of balance one direction and the other direction a different time so helping myself understand that it's important to both balance who you're perceived as it's also important to make sure that you are the person that does the things that you want to be perceived as and balancing those two, that form versus your function. Each of us is usually out of balance and so we have to look to the other side to say, okay, am I a little too much a pretender, <laughs> like the form function, or am I a little too much of just put my head down and do the work that I forget that it's important to you know, meet other people, learn from other people, it's important to network. You know, that's how Stephen and I met, was through a network that I built and someone that connected us. I, he had no reason to connect us except for, hey, you should meet Landon. And I'm so grateful, Jeff, and providing that introduction. Right. Same thing with product and marketing, right? You can't, can't mar over-market, that's like the form aspect, yeah. if your product's not good enough. And focus so much on the product if you don't have marketing. And that form versus function has been really helpful for self-evaluation at very different times. You brought up so many principles that could be applied to business. Number one, you asked your peers, you asked people who were actually involved in the program, which I feel like is a big flaw with people when they want to start a business. They ask their friends, they ask their parents, they ask their family if it's a good business idea. They don't ask the people who have been in that same situation. They don't ask people who are going to buy it. And talk is cheap. Money is what speaks. So your parents or your friends may say it's a good idea, but until you have their money in your hand, their opinions are essentially worthless because, of course, your family and friends want to support you, want to be nice, but you have to go after the people who actually are going to buy this product and see what they think. And then... The goal is to finish in five years. That's your mindset. Yeah. Go after it. Chase it. It's going to end. It's painful now, but it's going to end soon. You know, go after it. And then trust me, Cam, going through those two semesters kind of made me like someone else. I feel like anything that you want in life can be achieved because it, it was a painful process. I'm mm -hmm. not going to lie. And when I was able to accomplish it, it's like a story for me to inspire other people. 
And it is a story to inspire myself. To me, if I want to get something done, I will get it done because I'm like, what I went through is harder than what I'm doing now. So I kind of use that story in my time as a skill, as something to motivate me. And that's the same thing for business or anything that you do. You might start your business. It could go wrong for you. You know, like you might not be seeing any improvement at all. You might not be seeing things that you want to see at that moment. You're investing time and then it's you're going after what you want, but it is minimal to get you where you want. But the fact that you're still going after it makes you stronger. Be facing things that's even bigger than the beginning. Yeah. Because you're going to be faced like now that people accept your idea or anything, huge audience looking at you, a bigger population that you're trying to reach out. And that's a bigger burden compared to the very beginning that when you only have three, four, five people knowing what you're doing. So, but going through and then like bear everything, all the painful process that you had to go through will build you stronger. And then whatever comes out in your life in the long run, you're going to face it because you're going to tell yourself. This is something that I went through back in the days, and there's nothing like that that's going to stop me, and I will still go after what I want. Eyed on one. Yeah. But, but, they, but you're right, because VC's glamorous. Yeah. I just got, yeah. you know, funded by so-and-so. Um, and they're like, oh, I got funded by the bank. And like that, that's not a cool story. Yeah. Well, yeah. now you're in debt. You're like, am I, though? Like, yeah. I just was able to drop my cost of goods sold, increase inventory numbers, and now we've made 3x what we would have, you know? That's a sexy story, Yeah, you know? I was listening to someone who said, yeah, the bank financed me building my business at 0%. He had a credit card that had like the zero APR for like two years, so he just you took advantage of that and yeah. built his drop shipping business on that. So now that's and that's smart. That to me is a smart entrepreneur. Like I just did the same thing. So we just bought inventory for a little quilting company, and you know it was like thirteen grand, and that interest rate was like let's say I don't know let's say ten percent, right? Balance transfer over to a zero percent card. Like that's free yeah. money for us. We know uh-huh. we have to order it anyways, right? Yeah. Like, but that's fr- not free capital. We got to pay it back. Yeah. But I'm not paying anything extra. You know, I just I don't have that that initial. And plus, I don't want to put that much cash out there right away. I'd rather you're de-risking your by yeah. you know delaying payment. Yeah. So, and I think people just they don't they they don't under we don't teach financing very well. Yeah. They don't understand it how it can help them on a business level. I feel like everyone just hears the word debt and they run for the hills. You oh, know, absolutely. Especially today, like student debt and everything. Like nobody wants to be in debt. Yeah. But look at any business. Every business that's doing good has some debt. And debt's good if you can manage it and you know what you're doing. Especially in today in the bootstrapping world, right? Like, let's say you're making, you've got your primary. Uh, job and it's paying you four thousand a month. Like, can you afford a thirteen thousand dollar inventory purchase? No, no, right? Yeah. If you could, right? Like, it's going to take you six months to build up that cash and all that stuff. Yeah. Can you afford a three hundred dollar payment? Probably. Yeah. Right. So that's good. That's a good debt because you're not you're not struggling for food. You're not struggling to make your payments. You know, your business is starting to. That's a good debt model, and especially with zero percent interest rate. Yeah. You know. Oftentimes, again, we sort of use innovation in one sense in like Ubering out and launching, you know, with their app and revolutionizing the way that transportation is done, uh, particularly in big cities or like SpaceX, like you were saying, like with this relaunchable rocket. I think that there are a lot of shades of gray 
and there are varying degrees of innovation and sort of all that valuable. I know that's sort of a big tent approach. And also, I don't think it's imperative that companies have to innovate all the time. If you can innovate once, you know, and probably early on in the life of your company, you can create a competitive advantage for 50, maybe upwards of 100 years or, or maybe even more. I mean, yeah, I think you bring up a good point. The more degrees that we're removed from the actual innovation and the outcome of that innovation, the less likely we are probably to call it innovative, you know, right? Like I can remember when I was in the Air Force and we went from paper documents to PDF documents. And I thought that was like the bee's knees at the time, you know. <laughs> I thought that was super innovative. And for us it was, but you know, it didn't, it probably didn't affect the public at large. And so I don't think anyone outside of, you know, that organization would say that it was, you know, innovative. Um, so I think that's a good point.